I V M. Welcome to All Things Policy, a daily podcast by the Takshashila Institution. We are a bunch of policy nerds based in Bengaluru, and we like bringing fresh perspectives to Indian affairs and Indian perspectives to global affairs. So grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and join us for today's chat. Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to another episode of uh, All Things Policy. Um, I am Dr. Nityanandam, uh, faculty at Takshashila Institution, and we have a special guest today. Before I introduce the guest, I would like to uh, throw some, uh, you know, overview of what we are going to discuss today. We are going to discuss an uh, interesting topic that is on uh, complexities in ranking in education institutions. Uh, especially, we'll be discussing what is the scenario happening in India and what are the uh, you know uh, the situation globally on this aspect. Uh, this is a very leash aspect, but these days it is considered as uh, the most important aspect of uh, education institutions because uh, it helps the institution to evaluate uh, along with other universities uh, across the globe. And uh, it uh, it believes to be an indicator of uh, quality of education, research, overall institution performance, and so on. So this is a very interesting topic. And we have uh, uh, Dr. Laksh with us, uh, who is an experienced uh, professional in the field. Uh, to give a short introduction uh, to Dr. Laksh, he is... Uh, uh, he, he is known as uh, Dr. Ellen Venkatraman, and we call him fondly as Dr. Laksh. is an associate professor at the School of Liberal Arts, and he is also director of governance uh, at the Accreditation and Ranking Committee at MIT World Peace University, that is uh, known as MIT WPU. Uh, Dr. Laksh has an extensive academic career and uh, he has a background of education. Uh, he's a person who has, uh, you know, um, traveled across and he studied in different institutions across the globe. And uh, but without taking much of time, I will uh, I will start the interaction with him so that we'll, we'll have a fruitful uh, discussion um, for the day. Thank you. Uh, Thank welcome, you. Dr. Laksh, to this uh, podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Nitya. Thank you very much. Yeah. So, Dr. Laksh, uh, we we are uh, going to discuss about complexities in uh, uh, ranking. Could you please uh, uh, throw some lights to people um, on what is it all about? So, yeah. so uh, when when I what I mean complexity is actually in in India, uh, <clears throat> we are in a situation where we have eleven hundred plus universities are there. In addition, there are uh, 45,000 plus colleges out there. So uh, there, is a, uh, uh, there is a concept called new public management today uh, in the governance literature where all the universities are expected to uh, bring high quality research credentials as well as ensuring greater access in terms of social justice. Because uh, if you look at the Indian, comp- Indian uh, reality, um, uh, the, this country is comprised of OBCs, Dalits, and the uh, uh, scheduled tribes, the 80 percentage uh, in terms of the demographic figure. But if you look at the professoriate in, in this country, 
uh, almost uh, according to the available figures, almost 90% of them are from the upper caste actually. So here is a situation of a skewed picture where um, uh, this complexity can be seen, where the uh, system of higher education in, in, in India is more or less controlled by the higher costs. Uh, in India, the another situation is the more you are higher in your cost structure, there is a higher, there is a higher chance that you will be economically well off. So uh, uh, whatever we are providing in terms of higher education is a kind of a elitist uh, intervention in the name of education, which is not necessarily a knowledge transaction, which cannot be ensuring the social justice, uh, whatever the, our constitution is talking about. So these complexities are what we are going to discuss, uh, for, if you permit, uh, based on diverse other uh, situations, like uh, ranking, for example. Uh, there is a pressure on the system in terms of uh, ranking. The world global universities are going to come, and private universities are, Indian private universities are coming up, and uh, Indian public institutions are there, and uh, Indian higher education system in particular, and Indian education system in general is known for its Byzantine structure. What do you mean by that? Byzantine structure is a very complex and incomprehensible uh, situation where there are state universities, there are central universities, there are standalone institutions, there are deemed universities, there are private universities, there are global universities, there are twinning programs. It's a kind of a very messy situation what we are offering. And uh, 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 we know that India is the most populous country as of today. That is 1.5 billion people. So uh, if you look at the number of people who are going for higher education is only in double digit, uh, 25 percentage or something. So the GER is having a problem because there is a pressure from the national governments, the central government where it should be 50 percentage by end of uh, uh, 2030, something like that. So there are a number of policy uh, pressures are there on the system. And how the system is actually coping up with the, all these complex Byzantine pressure uh, from the structure is the point I'm trying to uh, navigate. Nice. So, uh, yeah. So I understand there's several complexities and different kinds of institutions we have. And all institutions are not equally funded for say. And uh, they're, they're coming from different uh, background and they have several challenges on their own. Um, given all this context, uh, can you just tell why we need something called ranking first of all so uh, in a situation like india can we can we avoid it or is it essential for us or are we running behind the peer pressure of international community where ranking is considered as a important um, you know parameter that is uh, helpful in uh, identifying academic reputation employees reputation and uh, many other uh, factors associated to that. Do we really need ranking, especially to Indian higher education system, given all these complexities exist? That's a very, very, very insightful question. Whether we need a ranking or not is a very philosophically uh, uh, excellent question. The point to what we need to do is very minority of the academic scholars like a Professor Prabhat Patnaik from JNU has been arguing that we should not go for ranking at all because every institution is unique and it has its own local relevance. Sometimes, for example, university like Jawaharlal Nehru University in Delhi may not be globally uh, renowned, but it has its own Indian flavor. It has its own relevance for the Indian political situation, etc. So Prabhat has been arguing the unnecessary pressure on the system in the name of ranking. 
nevertheless what we are witnessing is a situation where majority of us including the students faculties uh, vice chancellors everybody is obsessive about ranking for various reason management in private universities wants ranking for uh, uh, attracting more students in terms of revenue generation uh, management in the public institutions wants to have ranking for reputation building so everybody has their own uh, reasons for the liberal framework this is a kind of a neoliberal pressure when i say neoliberal pressure means a capitalistic pressure in terms of market how it is actually pressurizing the system to open up it has its own pros and cons uh, we cannot get into it but majority of the academics are more or less convinced about ranking although i have a theoretical uh, agreement with uh, professor prabhat as well so it's a kind of a liberal framework i am uh, struggling but going specifically to the ranking is uh, india is a unique country where government itself is actually uh, providing its own ranking most of the countries in the world are not providing uh, everybody will go for qs ranking or the times higher education ranking or sankai ranking etc but here is a situation where uh, uh, government of india under the ministry of uh, education is actually providing this nir of national institutional ranking framework where uh, it has actually subject specific management pharmacy man- uh, engineering as well as overall university it is actually providing but if you look at the national as well as international that is global ranking there is a only one indicator which is actually cutting across consistently in terms of ranking that is research in, if you look at the accreditation for example there are seven criteria uh, but the criteria number 3 uh, that is the research uh, and um, the in in, in nrf also there is a pressure on research if you look at the uh, times higher education or uh, shankai in every ranking consistently the system is pressurized to move more towards ranking uh, in terms of research so there is a pressure on the system to uh, tweak the universities more in terms of research rather than teaching this is philosophically a drift from the uh, institutional uh, formation where uh, where different institutions are different say for example institutions like takshashila for example though it is not a university it is a very research intensive contemporary public policy think tank which is actually a promising one or uh, research institutions like terry for example it is known for its contemporary research but they are not known for their teaching credentials but on the other hand uh, traditional university like madras university or delhi university for example it has been a teaching intensive universities where research has been a uh, at the back burner where people will be doing only for their career uh, promotions etc or casually do, people will be doing so the systems over the year are, are uh, based on this global as well as national ranking are pressurized towards tweaking the system more towards application of knowledge rather than the foundational knowledge so um well, this has its own uh, value because market wants uh, capitalism wants a uh, system to be more application oriented more profit oriented more outcome oriented Uh, uh and it it is actually appealing where students are all getting jobs etc so it's a very again once again a messy picture out there that's the reason yeah now for me it looks uh, uh, almost similar i do agree with you on this aspect because uh, for me it is uh, also similar to a peer pressure that we all uh, you know facing uh, for publications for say there is there, there's a need for research yes but when it comes to the measurement or the matrices to uh, understand the impact of a research 
the globally people currently relies on publication but then traditionally we had different methods how it impacts society how it uh, uh, how it can be measured in many other ways are ignored completely and we rely only on the quantum of publication or whether the publication is uh, is truly based on an effort of an individual nobody looks into it similarly this peer pressure on uh, ranking is again uh, is taking the traditional system into a different tangent now uh, while all this is in place uh, you also commented on uh, the the higher education ranking system exists globally and uh, the nirf ranking and you said there are similarities in some parameters and uh, the systems there are difference in other parameters now even there are criticism exists on uh, global ranking for say uh, they the the common criticism something like uh, the limited number of samples um, which are considered and uh, they they believe that there are biasness on it and the focus of focus on research uh, that you have rightly pointed out and uh, there are cultural and regional biases and uh, there are subjectivity on the survey and data limitations these are the global challenges and and there is also a, a common uh, understanding on this uh, if some institute needs to climb up on the ramp- ranking they need to have more of uh, uh, you know international people international faculty and they need to have multiple disciplines so all these are uh, you know exist because these are the parameters which are considered for ranking now given our system where not every university can attract foreign faculties at this moment not every university can offer diverse range of subjects ranging from medicine to engineering so this again ranking becomes uh, you know um, though 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 there could be some uh, the parameters which can uh, a, a, which can help this unique institutions as we as you discussed um, terry for say Uh, is a new unique institution which has a limited focus where where you see as the challenge exists when more and more such unique organizations or institutions in the country which is likely to come up in near future and how this ranking system is going to play a role when we have the foreign universities being set up in india and secondly uh, when we have universities or institutions which are set up in collaboration with those foreign universities that is complete foreign university and second one is in collaboration with this foreign university how this ranking game is going to change excellent excellent question actually you know what is happening here is this pressure is very much uh, true uh, we all are personally as an academic we are pressurized to publish etc if you look at the nobel laureate uh, hicks he got a nobel prize in 2013 i think in physics he a he he never publishes actually every year the university asks him to uh, say what are the publications you did for this year he will say none uh, but uh, he got the nobel prize in the end of his career so um, what i am essentially but we can't have the luxury like professor higgs had because uh, you can't say no to no, you can't say i don't have a publication this year or even in the next two years you can't say because you will be losing your job in this uh, capitalism what i am essentially saying here is quality and productivity cannot be uh, interchangeably used you can be very productive every year you may be uh, publishing five papers or i may be uh, publishing two papers or something but if it is not a high quality publications this productivity is not actually uh, not going to take us anywhere but that is the misunderstanding uh, which we need to understand first 
we shall not interchangeably use quality and productivity uh, that is the first point which we need to understand second uh, uh, in india most of the academics unfortunately in social science i am very much confidently say that most of them or majority of the uh, publications are all in uh, in third rate uh, uh, journals actually they are not actually the decent journals which are plagiarized or which are having a spurious publication so the phony achievements are another layer if you look at the indian academics contribution in these uh, doubtful journals are all very uh, striking actually the mixed reality has to be seen in terms of the ranking where the system is getting pressurized to be standardized so if uh, you 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 won't you won't get up in india you won't get a facility like that of a hotspot or cambridge or stanford but you, your system will have the same pressure on the academics actually so uh, uh, the, the 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 pecuniary benefit the, the the systemic benefit so for example in traditional universities you can't even apply for a fulbright uh, fellowship because if you are not very close to your vice chancellor like, like that that kind of uh, politics do exist in india but in in the uh, in the europe or in the western europe specifically northern europe for example uh, these uh, things do not matter because you stand on your merit and nobody will block you etc so here we are actually comparing two different uh, realities or apples and oranges in a situation and trying to standardize the system uh, that is another problem and this politics we need to understand actually if you remember sometime back uh, the former chief election commissioner uh, gopal swami uh, led the committee on institution of eminence uh, this government uh, the nda uh, two appointed and they formed the uh, they they were actually identifying the institute institutions of eminence in india uh, whether you believe it or not this happened where none of the eminent institutions like iit madras and uh, uh, uh iit bombay they were not even being shortlisted where they gave a, uh, a ioe tag to geo institute which was not even existing even they don't have a faculty they don't have a, a physical infrastructure etc uh, i tried to get the get hold of the committee report but they were not able to share nobody was actually helping me even in ugc so there there are politics are there where the big players uh, will call the shot that is the reality the uh, fourth important point is the gaming so ranking expects these things so for example if qs ranking expects perception as a 40% criteria so how do you increase the perception so you you convert your university artificially to be a oxford or cambridge in chennai or any other bangalore or any other city and act as if like you are a great campus without actually uh, doing a real reform actually so you 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 create an artificial reality Uh, to game the system to get into the uh, qs ranking or times ranking so systems are also led by these politics uh, it's not only the politicians so it's a kind of uh, what we are witnessing is a kind of uh, messy reality out there because as you rightly mentioned there is a pressure on academics there is a pressure where the subjects are all changing if you remember when i was a student uh, way back in 20, 2000 as a master student we have traditional discipline social sciences sociology economics history philosophy where are these disciplines now everybody becomes a liberal arts scholar everybody becomes a public policy professional everybody becomes a uh, an economist something like that so the traditional disciplines are all being dismantled where interdisciplinarity is becoming uh, the reality 
I consider this as a market-led pressure where the system is actually pressurizing the subjects. You convert the geography into geospatial uh, science and uh, you make everyone uh, to be focused only on, uh, uh, only on application rather than the foundational knowledge. So we are not going to create uh, another world-renowned geographer who understands the history of geography uh, and philosophy of geography, but only an application-oriented technical guy. That kind of a reality is actually an unfortunate twist uh, where this standardization is actually pushing us. That's the point I'm trying to say. Stay tuned to All Things Policy. We'll be right back after a short commercial break. Thanks for bringing the geography and geospatial connection to this discussion because, uh, you know, uh, there's other side of this. There was a time uh, during the 2000 uh, era, um, the more and more focus was given to this classical, uh, you know, subjects where interdisciplinary students were not even considered for admissions for PhD and for job prospects. That was a time we, we were expecting the country should have uh, more and more, more open opportunity to be given for interdisciplinary students. But then now we, we have now what we are discussing is too much of interdisciplinary into it and then uh, leaving out the foundational courses. Especially in science, it is uh, true, it is pathetic. Uh, the lot of colleges uh, in down south, the physics courses are taken out, chemistry courses are taken out, mathematics is taken out from the uh, colleges where uh, private-funded uh, colleges and even in many other uh, small institutions, these are taken out. Just because the students are not enrolling into it, all are uh, measured in terms of, uh, you know, the job prospect uh, connected or, uh, you know, associated with these courses. Now, uh, it, this is the situation in, uh, in front of us. Now, I wanted to ask you, given all the challenges, do you see is there some opportunities also available to Indian universities uh, to get rid of these complexities uh, and to move up in global ranking? Or do you do you see, is there a chance that Indian universities can climb up in, in this ranking or it's never going to happen or we should only rely on NIRF and to satisfy ourselves? Again, uh, again back to the same question which you rightly asked in the, the first question, whether this ranking is relevant or not, that, that, that problem has to be solved. Uh, I don't know because uh, uh, reality says it is relevant, it is important, it is necessary. But uh, philosophy says we should not uh, standardize the system where JNU has to be JNU with a capital J and uh, Delhi University has to be uh, in its own flavor. That's the uh, uh, philosophy uh, I, I, I do uh, uh, get inspira inspiration from uh, Professor Prabhat Patnaik. But um, what uh, what can be done uh, is actually, I don't know this story, there's a philosopher story, you know, uh, this, uh, there was a king and uh, he was a very renowned king. Uh, everybody was always up, uh, inspired by this king. The next neighbor, neighbor king was very unhappy that why this guy is very renowned and why I'm not. So he went all the way to this kingdom and asked, uh, what is your secret for your reputation? Then he asked, okay, I'll tell you the secret, but you have to do one, one favor for me. Of course, it's a short story. I'll just stop it. He said, uh, uh, just take a bowl of oil, uh, keep it in your hand. You should take a, a round of the entire palace. But only uh, only uh, requirement is you should not spill the oil. Not even a drop of oil should be spilled out. Uh, if you do this, I will do, I will definitely tell you my secret. 
then this uh, second king went all the way and took a round then uh, after six hours of uh, uh, slow and steady walking because it's a uh, oil full of the, the, the bowl full of oil actually so uh, the king appointed a few uh, soldiers to see whether it is really dropping or not so he was very conscious that he should he should get the secret after six hours of hard work uh, he went back to the king and uh, shown see i didn't do it okay keep it okay let me uh, ask you the question now i'll tell you the secret but only one question uh, did you uh, when you were taking around did you see the beautiful uh, peacock uh, which is actually roaming in the palace he said where i have time to look at the peacock because i was always concentrating on the oil which were, which was very overwhelming and it was heavy and uh, this thing did you see the beautiful uh, the uh, the building did you see the beautiful that beautiful this this guy was asking one by one then the second king said uh, i didn't do anything i didn't see anything then uh, he, then uh, he was actually uh, irritated and he said why are you asking this question my situation is like that as a reputed king because my resources are all very limited i cannot have the luxury to uh, waste my time and energy on stupid things so i concentrate on my entire governance structure only on uh, to become a good king so going back to your question what needs to be done is indian university leaders including the vice chancellors pro vice chancellors and the management should be a philosopher king philosopher in terms of ideology to do what is good for the institution what is correct for this country and the constitutional value and king in terms of action this two combination has to be there you have to be very philosophical in your approach and you have to be action oriented individual who can actually uh, tweak the system unfortunately uh, our generation is actually very having very less number of people who who give, who can give you that inspiration we had eminent academics i can remember professor yashpal even my own professors professor tilak professor govinda i i have i have a number of um, uh, names but they are all retired but unfortunately our generation uh, we don't have that kind of uh, inspiring uh, contribution and it is very high time that we all need to work hard to get inspired uh, from the previous generation the retired professors and take the uh, lead from there yeah before before we wind up actually we are running out of time but i just wanted to ask you uh well these are all uh, thought process need to be changed at uh, the leadership level at institution level so uh, imagine a situation where uh, nothing has changed and uh, still is there any scope for indian institutions to grow up in the ranking that is something where uh, would be an interest of uh, you know many to see what we should do and especially when the institutions in rural areas especially when the institution is funded uh, uh, by uh, private uh, private institutions privately funded organizations and uh, and some state universities also uh, what should they do or what are the areas that they can focus given the current framework nothing you know if, if let's assume that nothing has changed and what are the chances still they should work on to improve on this ranking with the current framework in place clearly there is a pressure on uh, research so we need the institutions any university which which wants to be climbing the ladder of global as well as national ranking should have a research faculty uh, in every discipline who are application oriented with a clear cut grounding on the uh, philosophy of each and every discipline even if those disciplines are not existing say for example i might have got trained in sociology but i need to know the philosophy of sociology or the philosophy as a background 
So I need to have the ability to navigate across different disciplines. You remember Professor Amartya Sen, who got Nobel Prize. He's a famous world-renowned economist, but he's holding a, a philosophy chair in Harvard. He's a world-renowned philosopher, but he is an economist by training. So we need uh, people who are having strong characters uh, with a moral fiber, an ethical standing, that kind of, uh, uh, you know, we, the, the faculty, for example. Faculty should be, you know, specifically speaking, faculty should be uh, uh, enhanced in terms of freedom. Uh, there should not be any pressure from the system, management, etc., and ideally, universities should be standing on the only one principle called autonomy, where they can do research whatever they want, even if those ideas are all radical or not acceptable to the government of the day or uh, except, uh, the politicians of the day, etc. University, if you look at the etymological meaning of university, it is standing on the very principle called the autonomous, autonomy. But what we are actually witnessing is a situation where Government is giving autonomy to few institutions which are doing very well. This kind of a graded autonomy uh, is, is, is anti-democratic, actually. You cannot give autonomy to anyone, actually. Freedom, autonomy cannot be given. It has to be taken. It has to be exercised on your own. So these kind of a philosophical thinking has to be imbibed at the leadership level, which is very essential at any university, whether it is private, public, or a non-governmental NGO type, any type. It is a virtuous cycle, actually. You, you, a good leader will attract good faculties, good faculties will attract good students. So this virtuous cycle has to be seen through. This abstract concept has to be seen through. But what, unfortunately, what we are witnessing is the opposite in India, where financial issue, because of financial issue, we are not able to attract good faculty. Because of uh, inability to attract good faculty, our leadership is actually chattering. Even if uh, leadership is uh, not in uh, good shape, uh, our enrollment is actually going down. So most of the state universities in this country are actually, if you, you know the situation in Tamil Nadu, how the vice chancellors are being appointed by the politicians for various reasons. Um, so uh, like a, we, are, we, are, we are actually doing the opposite actually. So we need to create an entire ecology in a manner where universities of any color, universities of any variety can survive. And that is essential rather than uh, ranking. Ranking will definitely, uh, if you if you are creating good institutions, I don't know what is a good institution in a normative standard. But if you are, even if you are uh, looking at an ideal type, what Weberian ideal type of an institution which is very good, it will automatically uh, say, for example, MIT uh, in in the US. MIT will not go for ranking. The ranking will go to MIT and uh, appreciate them because they are very good in their own uh, standard because they appoint only the Nobel laureates, they appoint only the people of eminence. So the problem is the both supply and demand is actually interlinked. So we need to have a philosopher king as a minister, philosopher king as a vice chancellor, philosopher king as a management. Everybody has to be good actually. It cannot be only based on faculty. It cannot be only based on enrollment. It is it is much more than that. Because what we are witnessing is a box-ticking approach. Everybody is, huh, let us do this, this thing, things will be done. This kind of an artificial mimicry of uh, the West uh, and uh, trying to, uh, you know, ape like that of MIT or ape like that of uh, Harvard will not work here. We need to have an Indian color. We need to have a nationalistic spirit. We need to indigenize our culture and values and try to be good in our own situation. Say, for example, if Delhi University or uh, uh, IIT Delhi, for example, if IIT Delhi is not solving the water problem in South Delhi, what is its use, actually? 
it cannot uh, just uh, keep on being proud to send uh, it coolies to uh, silicon valley and say that hey, we are the world renowned institution in south delhi it won't work you have to solve your immediate situations and needs uh, what is your contribution to south delhi or what is your contribution to delhi in every institution if they are actually working for their immediate uh, surroundings and taking care of their region as well as national context long run what happened we will be creating a unique model where uh, our contribution to the global ranking will be phenomenal but what we are doing is opposite okay china is having uh, 5000 university let us convert all the colleges at the university so there is a pressure to convert uh, stephen stan stephens into a university so we are breaking the entire affiliation system which has its own historicity and converting everything into university that will not solve you can create more and more iims and uh, aims and iits everywhere but they are not the same iit kanpur and iit mandi is not the same iim uh, ahmedabad and iim uh, rupur is not the same rupur is good but iim lucknow for example because you have this apc kind of a caste like system brahmins or brahmins so you need to uh, demolish this in terms of the democracy democratic values and create genuine uh, institutions with the philosopher king kind of an attitude that's my take Thank you so much for such an elaborative answer, and um, I, I believe the audience really wanted to, you know, listen more to you. And unfortunately, today for the session, we are running out of time, and uh, uh, we look forward to interact more with you, Dr. Lux. In fact, I, you know, uh, we we have been in uh, academics and uh, we worked together in the past, but uh, you know, this is the opportunity I got uh, along with you to discuss on the complexities in higher education. uh from your uh, background and your wisdom on the subject uh, i could learn more and i am sure the audience are going to learn more on this uh, topic uh, it it is a pleasure to have you on our uh, podcast today and we look forward to uh, interact with you in uh, as a other session soon thank you dr lakshmi thank you thank you nitya i really appreciate i know achisila and it's a valuable contribution in public policy so i really look forward and i i do not want to miss any opportunity whenever you call so it's my pleasure and privilege to uh, uh, be a, a valuable contribution to this podcast thank you i wish you all the best thank you if you liked our show don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the ivm network you can tune into them on the ivm podcast app ivmpodcast.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts you can also follow ivm on social media The handle is at IVM Podcasts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And hey, if you'd like to dive into Takshashila's research on technology, strategy, and economic affairs, check us out at our Twitter handle at Takshashila INST or our website takshashila.org.in.